listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next hour we're going to be talking about all things food but it looks actually like we're not going to be talking an awful lot, Guy, because the studio's packed with stuff. We're going to have to be talking with our mouths full, I think. There's <laughs> yeah, a, a whole array of fabulous things mm, in front of us. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm joined by my lovely fellow presenter Guy Routledge of um, Sapling Digital and Food Rush. Um, and we've got beer. Which, which is always your, a very, very exciting thing That's your favourite thing of all, I, do, I do like a drink, yeah. Maybe, I, I like maybe wine, but, but your beer aren't No, I, I have to say, when I'm, when I'm eating food, I'm a wine guy. When I'm just kind of chilling on the sofa it's or out in the pub, then I, I'm a beer guy. Mm. Well, the reason why we're surrounded by bottles is because we've got Andrew Morgan from The Bottle Shop. Welcome, Andrew. Hello there. Hello. Um, we're going to talk about all about your story and what you're doing now. Uh, and actually, you sort of live around the corner from me, which you probably didn't know. But um, uh, So I've, I've been very familiar with what you've done for quite a long time. I've sort of been stalking you, really. You didn't Not even know, good. did you? No, I didn't. You've done a very good job. <laughs> She's got away with words, hasn't she? Mm, I've got away with words. And um, <laughs> Kath Austin is here from BB Raps, which we're going to talk about. Absolutely brilliant. I, I'm brilliant. A, <coughs> so brilliant. I'm a big fan. When I did the research this morning, I went online and bought some. That's how good it is. That is. That's well, you told testament. me that. You told me they were well, good. I told you they were pretty good, yeah. So if they're not, I'll tell you. I'll be I, I think I'm Kath's up. new biggest fan. Mm. So we can't wait to talk about that because it's, it's truly astounding. And then we have Claire Forster, who is from Osterhost. And Osterhost is one of our finalists in the Food Talk Awards, isn't it, Claire? <laughs> yeah. Really exciting. It's really, really exciting. Um, and the reason for that is you've just created something truly astounding. Oh, thank you. And I've uh, brought presents for you, which I, I hope see. you'll open. So, so, what, so what Claire's done is, because she's obviously, are you, you're a feeder, aren't you? And a sort <laughs> of, yeah, I can tell. Um, very so, welcome. So here. what she's done is, she's, she's wrapped, we've got little boxes in front of us. We don't know what they are, you're not allowed to open them yet. Okay. Um, and each one's got a little tag on that says, thank you for having me. Love Claire. How nice is that? That's brilliant. She's well, lovely, back, isn't she? On the back it says who it's for. Ah, so. Oh, it's we've not got Christmas. Some, yeah. Oh, the guy, that's your one there. Yeah, that's very kind too. of you. So I don't know what's in there. I'm having a guess, but I'm going to open those later. Um, I think we could work up to that by having maybe a couple of beers to start with. Oh, that's always a good plan. Mm. I'm on board. Now, Andrew, um, you are, uh, is it fair to say you're a lovey? I can um, say that, can't I? Um, there's, there's definitely a bit of lovey in there somewhere. I there think. is a bit, a bit Deep, of a lovey. Deeply hidden at times. And the reason why I say that is because you studied English and drama at uh, university. Uh, and, um, you, you know, you, you were international theatre directing. Yeah. yeah mm. So it's like a long time ago. It's fairly lovely, isn't it? And then your first role was as a development producer at ITV. And you spent five years developing 350 hours of commission material every year for Men and Motors. <laughs> Yeah. That's your favourite channel, isn't it? Men and Motors. Not well, I do like cars actually, but not particularly. Um, and then you were executive producer of the Reader's Digest. Mm. Does the Reader's Digest still exist? Just about. I think uh, uh, the, 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 the magazine's still there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly not. Uh, there's, there's, there's former glory, I think. I always say. think of Barbara Cartland when I think of Reader's Digest. You know, that sort of old. 
yeah, sort yeah. of thing. But it was huge in its time. They absolutely were. They were incredible. Huge. They absolutely um, used to look, talking private jets and swimming mm. pools and stuff at the start. It was yeah. Wow. They, they were they were at the top of the game. They were incredible. Yeah, um, digital revolution probably hurt quite a lot. I'd imagine. Yeah, I think, and the uh, the customer base died out really. So your mm. Barbara Cartlands all unfortunately died, and um, yeah, they they didn't recalibrate. So uh, yeah, they they are. Uh, a mm. form, former former self I didn't recalibrate that's an interesting way of putting it so um so you, you left that sort of world and you founded the bottle shop in 2010 uh, you were still doing a little bit of movie directing why why beer has it always been a love of yours I think so I mean I I used to get people around um around my my, my dining table and uh, my, my dinner table and just bring out beer that that they uh that they thought was incredible and mm. going back to 2010 this whole idea of craft beer was still a very um a very new thing um, in the UK. Uh, and I just realized there was an opportunity to give people beer that was outside of what they, they knew was possible. Um, and you can't really blame people for being ignorant when they haven't got the choice. So exactly. we wanted to give them the opportunity to to drink differently. And and with the sort of erosion of, of the sort of corner off license, um, supermarkets just selling mainstream brands. And, and then 2010, it was pretty difficult to get anything craft. But, but, you know, it might pretend to be craft, but it was still by, you know, a big brewer. Really, I remember at the time that the the term craft beer was was still just, just didn't exist. I mean, it it wasn't defined in any way in the UK. Mm. Uh, it, it was already in the states, and they had a definition, and mm. we knew there was better beer out there. But uh, no, it very much was pubs and pints. Um, so sometimes when you go to America, you know, you'll get a whole wall full of different beers. I mean, literally hundreds. Um, and it's a huge movement over there, isn't it? Huge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still, um, th- th- this year, I think it's a little flatter than it has been, but in the last sort of five to 10 years, it's been re- remarkable growth against against the decline of beer drinking overall. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, people are moving away from, from commercial, um, you know, sort of big business beer and enjoy something that's local or something that's that's generally got more more to say, I think, than, than just mm. thirst quenching lager. And interesting flavours, yeah. So um, the Good Shed in Canterbury um, used to be a very run-down, literally, Good Shed where all the trains used to go and park. So it's right next to Canterbury West Station, which is great, to be honest, because you can just you can just get on the train, fall out, go into the Good <laughs> Shed, fall back into the train. You know, and you're, It's literally the Good Shed next to the station. And and the people who, who who've run that have done something quite amazing, and it is literally a far everyday farmers market. I would say it's a farmers market, but it's it's there every single day. It's fabulous, fabulous vegetables. There's a great fish stall, isn't there? The butchers there are to die for. I mean, they're they're fabulous. It's it's, it's a really nice sort of collective uh, mm. balance between cheesemakers, fam- yep. charcuteries, a wine shop, a baker, really great yep. baker as well. Um, all there every day literally every day and then if you go in there just by the door uh where you can sit out on a step is uh is the bottle shop now when you first started there were literally just two shelves wasn't there pretty um we're two two bookcases yeah yeah, yeah. we we sort of and they're, they're, yeah. they're still there um which is kind of lovely that seven years down the line we still got the original original site doing doing what it did um and yeah just offering people the opportunity to to drink um different beer than they get from pubs and supermarkets that, 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 that's that's the, the so you went into the good shed and and you know that people are going to come in i mean canterbury's a bit like york you get a lot of you know tourists and visitors but you know it's next to the station um and, and you decided to offer these beers uh, is it just stuff that you yourself found interesting and different and local and thought, oh, i want other people to drink this is, was it that simple i think so i mean it, it really there was a stage where every bottle and every can that, that we served um i personally um tasted tried, tasted and tried <laughs> i think it's a really good effort yeah. on your part 
hard. Yeah, and, and, and to some degree, it's still, you know, that, that I think we, we please ourselves and then hope that um, that everyone kind of hopefully agrees with us or enough people do. And, and now it's much easier through social media and through, you know, to get that, that sort of rhythm or, or heartbeat of, of what's, what mm. people are talking about and what's good. Um, but I do remember, I mean, back in 2010, Twitter had just started. It was, mm. it was a really it sounds bizarre now world. to say that, doesn't it? I, so it does. <laughs> uh, but it was, that, that, was, you know, that was building a community. And I think before, it, uh, yeah, I think pre-2010, it would have been a really tough job to, to have done, done what mm. we did. And, and what's your criteria for having something originally in the bottle shop? Well, originally back in 2010, our tagline was home of good beer. So we, we didn't care who brewed it, where it came from. Um, if it was good, then, then we were happy. Just British or, or um, all around the world? Uh, I think I think at the time it was really it was a pleasure to champion um, the British beer and certainly for us to get a point of differentiation. We were embracing some of the small breweries like the Colonel, who now kind of epitome sort of the epitome of, of craft back then. Um, but over, over time, um, just to kind of continue to to develop our market, we had to look further afield. So we increasingly look to America and to to Europe, Scandinavia to um, to provide beers that are that are. That are different, I suppose. It's a massive that, range, then you're getting yeah, a huge range. Yeah, and it's and it's it's definitely you know quality. I think there are the the market in the states is is more developed um, than it is in the UK, and in general, I think it's it's you know it's it's a slightly contentious statement, but the American beer generally is better produced than the stuff in, in Britain. British beer is great, but for um, me, that's quite rare to say that about America. Yeah, because and I'm not I'm not being flippant, but but for most of the stuff that we see, guy, we see astounding mm. food products here. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but but. but you know, America genuinely is, is ahead in the craft beer revolution. I think one of, one of the main reasons is ingredients. I mean, um, as, in simple terms, whatever you're doing, you need uh, access to, to the best ingredients possible. And uh, the American hot market is huge. The majority of flavours that have fueled this craft beer revolution have come from America. Uh, hops are very terroir specific, just like just like grapes. Mm. You can't they can plant them anywhere in the world. They're clones of each other, but they just simply won't produce that level of quality. And the big brewers go to the hop fields every year. They um, hand pick or hand choose the the most outrageously awesome hops that are there. So if you kind of consider those to be the A star hops, uh, then the rest of the brews come in, um, and before you know it, the export hops are kind of well, you could grade them B minus really. So mm-hmm. if a British brewery is trying to uh, create the same the same beer is being brewed in America. They're they simply struggle. haven't got. They haven't yeah. got the same hops. Although, of course, we used to be an amazing hop-producing country, and and you know, both you and I live in Kent, and and that was a huge hop-producing region. And and actually, now they started replanting again because because there's a need there. Yeah. There's, there's a market at last again. Yeah, there's a fantastic anybody um, who can Google Dr. Peter Darby. He's he's like the hop genius in terms of all things um, British hop related. <laughs> and um, and yeah, the, the amazing thing is when you look at the the, the record books going back to the 60s and 70s and there were all these experimental hops being done uh in kent and the they they the, you look at it and says failed reason too citrusy too much aroma too much uh you know basically everything that we want now, we yeah. Want yeah. now yeah. Yeah. yeah and back then all they wanted was bitterness it was just they wanted it to give the beer a longer shelf life and they wanted to have that classic sort of mm. british bitter flavor um that's what the market wanted so actually bizarrely um so the hops that are being replanted uh, arguably could be the new revolution that would allow British brewers to, to really compete on the same grounds that um, that the Americans mm-hmm. are at the moment. And when you consider that so many French wine producers are actually buying up tracts of land in Kent and, and, and the southeast of England because the weather has changed, um, they're all going to be fighting out, aren't they, whether to grow grapes mm-hmm. or hops? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to drive around Kent and see, see now, see vineyards as well as mm. um, as well as hop fields um, and also all the orchards. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a fertile part of the world. It's great. Yeah, it's is, is hops something that takes a long time to 
to establish itself like a like a vineyard would, or is it something that you can plant one year and harvest the next? I think, and I, I'm sure that Twitter will probably prove me wrong when I say it, but I think it's about three years that it oh, takes right, to, okay, yeah. to kind of get bedded in. Um, you've got to get the right ratio of male female plants, and there's a whole mm. there's a whole science behind it. Um, but there's, there's there's a lot of Globally, um, the Australians, for example, um, there, there was a big, big movement towards those guys planting new world hops, the, 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 these new hops over the old ones. And commercially, um, it, it, was, it was quite tough for them because arguably the yield is less. Um, they, you know, they're going to make less money, um, but they, they, the other ones are dying out. So what, what do you do? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a real, it's, it's a conundrum. Um, so I think you know, it's an interesting thing to consider, you know, which, which came first, you know, the hops or... Or the, or the demand. It's mm. um, it's it's uh, and, and going forward, I think you know the hops are going to drive the, the the creativity in the industry and and a sense of giving people a reason to to engage and and you know t- taste beer in a way they've never tasted before. As they should, because it should be the taste profile of of the you know base ingredient that 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 helps you decide how to create something rather than you forcing that profile. If that makes mm. sense. So so what have you brought with us? We very very kindly. Bought some stuff. Um, Lucy, are you going to pour? Lucy's the producer. Lucy's what have you got there? there? So Lucy, uh, it's just pouring something. It, what is that? So it's a bottle. So what yeah, um, I bought bought three different beers that we recently. Um, so we, we bring over uh, refrigerated containers of beer from from um, California, and three of the three breweries that, that we really really love. The first one's um, Alpine, who are from San Diego. Uh, they're up in the mountains and are just. Uh, the most audaciously, um, uh, I don't know how they squeeze this flavour out of hops is truly, truly remarkable. And and this beer is called Windows Up. Uh, it's uh, um, they, they uh, yeah. Interestingly, the Americans have to um, get label approval for, for their beer, so you can't call it anything um, profane or uh, <laughs> or unsuitable. Um, and they originally wanted to call this um, Hot Box, which uh, is a euphemism for being in a car and smoking marijuana to a point where uh, you open the windows and the, all the all the um, or the uh, uh, the smoke comes out, and they couldn't get that past. Even no, they, they couldn't. So they completely it, innocuous words. Yes, uh, but the, but they went, oh no, 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 no. So they called it Windows Up instead, um, and <laughs> which I thought was quite clever. Yeah, but it's um, it's a seven percent smell of this is incredible. Oh, it's oh, really citrusy. Smell is very really citrusy. Citrusy. It reminds me of the kernel. Actually, you mentioned them earlier. Slightly pine. Yeah, absolutely. Well. That that citrusy pine character is wholeheartedly um, at the at, you know this, the, the 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 hops they're using on this just apps are outrageous um this is so, pi- the, it's like a pine tree yeah it is totally citrusy piney but also for those that that um that may imbibe it has allegedly some very cannabis qualities as well given that the uh the hop and, and the cannabis plant are um very sort of close cousins so although you're not going to get any of the the effect there is um there is quite a lot of skunky kind of uh <laughs> fun to be had so we're with, drinking um, skunky, skunky beer yeah. skunky alpine beer, beer. No. now um, i'm oh. going to defer to guy because you're more of a beer drinker than oh, me does that mean i have to stop drinking it and talk yeah just for a minute oh, while, I, while I drink mine a little bit more but that is it's that is not what i'd expect for a beer it's it's incredibly it's uh it's, compl- said, it's outrageous actually. it's outrageous yeah it's complex it's you know on the nose very very citrusy uh i've just i've just had one mouthful and i can it's got a very lingering finish wow. um kind of the bitterness comes in a bit later it's oh yeah really really good Kath, I, you're having a little sip there what yeah, are you it's thinking delicious. it doesn't taste like it's skunk <laughs> but you know when you have a high alcohol beer it often is quite an overpowering 
flavour of alcohol. Mm. But it's, there's none of that at all. It's delicious. And that's at room temperature. Ideally, it would be down to six degrees, which would mute those characters even mm. further. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think the, 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 there's a whole story to do with, with fresh beer. And it's something that we've, you know, we, we're really banging our drum about um, at the moment. And mm. essentially, the, the chemical composition of beer is, is quite simple in its own way. And that hop character um, is something called alpha acids. Um, and alpha acids uh, will basically diminish very quickly in that bottle. So you're looking at, I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, days like you know, with, with days old beer will be different than it was um, when it was freshly um, packaged, and then weeks and months go by, and um, beers like this are brewed to be refrigerated their entire life, um, just like dairy, and um, if they're not, then they will the character will diminish uh, significantly or or lose its balance, which is you know you, the, the malt character will will become more more pronounced in the hops. So will so, so definitely don't buy that keep it somewhere you know and then put it in the fridge just before you drink it it needs to be in the fridge yeah, it's, all the time it's i mean we we've invested in our um in our cold chain which which basically means that from the brewery to um to our bar the beer is refrigerated at 6 degrees the, the whole the whole way through and beer like this just absolutely benefits from it in in a way that um you know commercial beer which is incredibly you know clever um that they managed to to essentially create a product that's shelf stable um ambient for as long as it is and from the day that it's packaged to the day that you know that, could the, be the, a that year. It, it could be a year and actually you just got a flat line of quality you could you sure. know, i mean i think most consumers believe you could buy it from day one or the last day before it goes out of date and it's going to be the same pretty much and it um, won't. but with this kind of beer we are a long 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 way away from, from that no, thing being true. something today so, i didn't know that no no i didn't either mm. um how long would this last then if it wasn't uh, or how long will it be at its best, or is or is it literally day, hours or days? Uh, no, it means six months. Um, you, you'll get a very representative um, uh, version of this beer at six months old um, if it's been looked after. But I mean, we, I mean, ideally, you know, again, you want to have that um, that experience where it's as it's as fresh as possible. To, um, and we've taken that to an extreme where we've actually stuck beer on a plane um, and uh, put a pallet in the, in the in the belly of a plane and brought it over, and we have our monthly um, fresh beer club at at, um, at our Bermondsey bar where. Um, the, the the beer is literally days old, um, and it's wow. truly remarkable the way the, the 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 level of detail and flavour that beer that we've had six weeks old five five six weeks has just is so remarkably better, um, wow. but you know remarkably but so subtly you know mm. it's one of those things that that you you really just want to capture it as as, as early as possible really. Now I've just Very opened good. a can a can of it, it says orange blood orange goza. Yeah. What is that? Goza just just tell us what that is. Wow. So these are our friends up at Anderson Valley. They're in northern Northern California. And um, the Goza is a German style of beer that um, was traditionally... Oh, they, they kind of oh, add, added, oh, added some... I really, really don't like that. <laughs> no? <laughs> this is this is definitely... This is Marmite beer territory. No, 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 no. You'll probably like that guy. Oh, no. Oh. It's, um, it's, it's a oh. sour beer. It's sour. Mm. Yeah. No, I like that. Dear. Zesty. Mmm. But it's I like sour very, stuff. It's very zesty. It, it's zesty. Mm. Um, and then blood orange added to give it a little bit of fruity character. So this is, this is again, if, in terms of traditional beer, we're a long way from, mm. from your, your, your pub pints. Well, they're saying yeah, that um, Thornbridge, uh, the brewery up in uh, Bakewell, um, who worked with Tesco's, has started putting one of their sours, the Bakewell Sour, into Tesco's. So you can now, for the first time, get this, uh, this style of beer in your, in your local supermarket, which wow. isn't a bad thing. I no. Think, so, so obviously I really can't stand that, no, frankly. No, no. But, 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 but the point is... You well. The, the, but the point is, it's a different beer. It's very, very, you know, it's got a distinct taste. It's not bland. And that's the whole point of what you do, isn't it? There's a range of stuff. And, you know, some people like it, some people won't. That's, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. But that is, that's incredibly distinct. 
yeah. which is what you'll get with a, with a craft beer. I think the, again, if you're going around a supermarket or go to a pub, they generally have to please everybody. So yeah. you, the, yeah. The, yeah. The, the benchmark is set so low that you don't want anyone coming back going, my God, that was disgusting. Whereas actually with beer, that the, the the more you pay for it, the, the, the more esoteric it gets, the less likely you're going mm. to get everyone to like it. Which Yeah, and, and this is you can tell it's good quality. It's just not my taste. No, yeah. it's probably, the there's, there's, I mean, I suppose you've got, um, what's it called, kombucha, that sort of style is, is a yeah. similar similar kind of thing. Go on yeah, then, say, that, say, exactly say what you want to say. I was say. trying to uh, Recall. put my finger on yeah. when I... I thought that tastes like something I know, but I can't put my finger on it. And kombucha, yes. Yeah, kombucha plus booze equals, yeah. equals a good booze. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, Lucy's now pouring another one, uh, which is what? What one's that? Um, so this Andrew. is um, this is a beer called Citradamus, which is a kind of take on Nostradamus, and um, there's some really fun copy on 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 the on the. Uh, on the label, if if, um, if you can grab one, but the uh, this so this is really going to the point of kind of oh my god territory. So this is a double IPA, uh, which is generally stronger than a regular IPA, and we're we're hitting nine point five percent ABV. How naughty! Can I just say that, that Claire's the most sensible person out of anybody who's just declining to have any of this, which is very it's not gluten free. So. No, no, of course it's not. Ah, yes. ah. I forgot yes, about that. Should have thought, ah, <laughs> thought about that. So, so yes, sorry, beg your pardon, Andrew. This is uh, so yes, Citradamus. Citra is a type of hop, American hop, um, which again is um, outrageously, um, I don't know, just 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 wonderful in terms of its flavour. Oh, I love and, that. Mm, and I it, love that. And again, this isn't cold. So if this was cold, you would be even having even you'd be more you'd be even happier. I swear. I'd oh. really love that. Um, and it, it's, it that's very complicated. It almost tastes like a porter going down because it's got that kind of warming quality to it. But it's, you know, it's an amber, well, as you said, double IPA. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think the, the, the uh, in sort of British beer terms, if you're going to start brewing high strength beer, um, I'll give you a, a little bit of science. There's fermentable and unfermentable sugar. So if you want to get more alcohol, the alcohol, um, the yeast needs sugar to feed off to uh, to produce the alcohol. So if you put sugar in, and it's just going to get you get that kind of sweeter barley wine thing. So mm. if you think special brew and you think kind of gold label and <laughs> barley wines, those sort of things, then that's what happens when you use um, sugar that leaves a lot of unfermentable sugar left. You get a viscous sort of thing. The Belgians um, and the Americans, I think the Belgians sort of got into it first, but they realised that that dark candy sugar that you use, if you throw that into, into the mix, it almost all turns into booze. Mm. And, and you're left with, with very little residual sweetness, but you get all of the... Uh, the character that you want from a from a beer at kind of nine nine ten degrees. You've almost got a real citrusy flavour, and then at the end you've got a little bit of barley sugar. You know, mm. tiny, not horribly sweet or anything like that, but it just oh, yeah, there is definitely oh, like I a like a caramelly that. sweetness in mm. there as well. Oh. But I can smell the hops can on you? that. Yeah, it's really fresh. I remember, I remember back in the day at the Good Shed, you know, one of those most amazing moments is when you snapped open a can and, and somebody who was standing, you know, a good few paces away from you just smelt it. Mm. And, and, and that moment of realisation, that moment where <coughs> you, somebody just goes, oh, my goodness, that's just, yeah. you know. Because you'd open a normal lager and you couldn't smell no, anything. No, yeah. you wouldn't. I mean, from, from, you're likely to be smelling a lot of off flavour, all the reasons that, you know, again, even though it's a stable product, it yeah. will go bad quite quickly. Um, mm. uh, heat and light are the two enemies of beer. So if you look at anything mm. that's in a clear bottle, um, you are you're in you're in dangerous territory with for the light beast basically turning that into a skunk or well, a bad skunky so it's kind of like a um, eggy kind of <laughs> really nasty nasty eggy character which comes mm. out of uh, a lot of commercial lager when when it's been badly treated really wow. r- like that yeah, some yeah great stuff very nice so so you, you've gradually i mean it's a bit of a dream job really a couple of shelves in in like a continuous farmers market and then people are getting more and more interested is, is it taken up off well belong well 
you know, well beyond what you imagined. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to recalibrate and think of what I expected when I first opened the business. I think like many entrepreneurs, you, you just don't think of where you're going to go with it. You know, you kind of follow your instincts and, and you hope it's going to go somewhere that, but at the same time, you know, we're not profits. We can't dictate the market. Who could have predicted what was, what the world would be like seven mm. years later? So you just got to kind of hopefully follow those um those trends and, and be relevant to it to a change but time, timing's everything and, and 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 loads of people will say a real key ingredient to business success is doing something at the right time whether you judge that you know purposefully or whether that's by accident mm. um and you really hit it at the right time didn't you i mean I, absolutely yeah i think so i mean i was i was fortunate that um 2010 was when the london brewers alliance came together and it was the first time that the brewers in london decided that they do an event where they'd celebrate um, brewing it in the city and you turn the clock back from 2010 to 2007 and there were only three breweries left in London uh, Young's wow. had just gone from Wandsworth you had Fuller's uh, you had Meantime who were upgrading their plant to, to move to it to a new place and you had Budweiser being brewed in Park Royal but Park Royal and that was those there were three breweries 2007 there were 13 2010 and I was fortunate to as, as my previous life being to do with television and and video work. I did. I did a video for the London Brewers Alliance, where I went around and, and interviewed all of the thirteen breweries that were there. And that thirteen was a bit of a stretch. You know, I'm not sure Windsor and Eaton's really in London, but um, <laughs> but uh, they, they, they were kind of allowed in and um, uh, and and got to got to really get under the skin of, of who these guys were that were producing these this beer in these breweries. And it went alongside with the desire to open the bottle shop in November 2010. And um, yeah, I think you know now we've got over 120. I think in London. So you know, in terms of a Turn the clock back ten years ago, and it's just crazy. I mean, but that, really that's crazy. bizarre that's when you consider that, and yet pubs are closing every day. You know, whatever people are taking this stuff home, aren't they? I think. I mean, I, it's interesting. I mean, you look at some of the pub groups, um, someone like Shepherd Neem, who are investing in in wet lead pubs, which are you know are not gastro pubs. They are. Um, they are, uh, you know, beer. They're, they're selling beer to, to people rather than coming in and seeing, a, you know, essentially a dining room with with a bar. Mm. And whereas, you know, the, the term gastropub, I mean, I, I haven't heard it being used in quite a long time. It's, you know, it's one of those words that feels almost almost dated now. Yeah. And and I, and I remember back in 2010 where we were, you know, told categorically that the wet lead pub was was dead and it was it was a diminishing thing. But actually, in its own way, the spring cleaning of what were pubs that probably didn't have a good reason to exist you know they they were they, they weren't i think in this modern you know modern day experience we've got so much opportunity to choose what we want to do that if something isn't really valuable then we'll, we'll walk away and i think you know the there, there are some fantastic community pubs and and, but, and but, but in america you can go to one of these these craft beer places and you can literally choose between 100 craft beers uh, and the staff will, will be able to tell you about all of them and, and and you can have a little taste of one if you're not sure um you can still go into a pub and have three things on pump that are pretty awful <laughs> and and if you're lucky you might have four bottle beers that are all pretty ropey awful, yeah. and the wine is rubbish to choose from as well they get the cheapest most horrendous wine if you're going to get people to come and drink you that's not good enough, is it? No, I, well, think, I mean, why would you go out but, if, but, if but that's your it's choice? It's catering to different people, though, I think. You know. But too much, I think it's quite lazy. Mm. I think it's quite lazy. And when you consider how many amazing beers there are, and, and if, you, if, you, if you want to go to your local place, if somebody says, I've got a couple of really interesting special ones on here, it's a good reason to go back, isn't it? I think there's, there's, a, there's a huge uh, issue to the pricing and, and the way yeah. that, that we, um, you know, pricing versus value, I think, in terms of people's perception of what they're paying mm. for. So, you know, the, the beers that we've got on the table today range from three pounds, four, four pounds to 
kind of six pound fifty, seven pounds um, a, a, a can or a bottle, and you know that's mainly down to duty, and it's down to the fact that it costs a lot more to produce these beers than it does um, some of the you know the beer that's out there. And uh, but for a lot of people, you know, they they won't won't pay more than four pounds a pint, and and that limits what can be produced by. Um, you know, simply the ingredients that can be used because the pub has to buy the cask at £80, which means that they can make their margin and sell it at £4. And that cycle is very hard to break. Yeah. Same with commercial lager. And, you know, a lot of our pubs are run on a very, very simple um, GP model that, that doesn't allow for anything to move outside of that because then it's unusual and different. Yeah. Um, but there, as we know, there are many people out there who want unusual and different. And of, of, with, the, you know, with the pub closure, there's a huge number of... Um, of craft beer loving places that are embracing this 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 ability to offer something different and you know we we now have uh i think it's just a last count just over a thousand wholesale customers across the uk that we're supplying the beer that we we import to and you know seeing what they're buying seeing seeing that the trend overall is is one that fortunately for us is is growing and you know we want to remain as relevant as possible to that um not not cutting edge consumer demand because I mean ultimately there are people who are coming into this journey a lot a lot earlier and but seeing the supermarkets and up their game you know when it comes down to it I mean they yeah. are uh, it's 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 a much wider choice than it used to be yeah, yeah there for is. sure I mean it's still it's still limited but again the supermarkets aren't what the supermarkets are they don't want to yeah. put anything on the shelf more than two pound twenty a bottle so mm. they're limited by what they can do and also the supply chain a lot of these breweries especially in the UK there's there is no beer I mean they they can sell everything that they brew so. They don't need to capitulate to yeah. someone like a supermarket. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, you've got all these incredible beers. Um, you, we can go to you know one of your venues. So that's a good shed, which is in Canterbury. Uh, what's your London? Where, where do we visit to we're, visit you in London? We're down on Druid Street in Bermondsey. So we're in the heart of what was um, coined the Bermondsey Beer Mile a while ago. And uh, you've got Saturdays are amazing down there. I mean, it's what I having had the, the pleasure of travelling the world. I still maintain that that the, the the mile along the railway arches in Bermondsey on a Saturday is one of the finest food and drink experiences that you can have anywhere in the world. Uh, you've got Jensen's Gin Distillery opening. You've got uh, St. St. John's Bakery. You've got all these St. wholesalers John's and importers. St. John's Bakery, oh, brilliant. Phenomenal. Yeah. You can go and buy the bread and those lovely Eccles cakes mm. from there, for, d- direct from the... Um, the from, oven. From almost. the oven. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, and so you've got, I think, seven or eight breweries that are that are down that way. And you can just graze your way all the way you know, f- from London Bridge, just, just following the railway arches for about a mile. And it's just one of the most... Amazing experiences. So we're there um, seven days a week, um, but Saturday's a great time to come. Except it's really busy, so don't come on Saturdays. Come, 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 come yeah, during the week. I was going to say, come on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be really good. Um, yeah. And then we're out in Margate. Um, we opened up Margate uh, a year and a half ago, just over, just over that, and took over a seafronted place that uh, was a complete and utter whim on my behalf, being there on a cold November day, seeing the Tillet sign and just somehow having signed the lease on it a week later. Uh, and uh, yeah, indeed, it was kind of one of those things of, right, now I've got to find the business plan um, to, to, to back it up. But it was, um, oh, it's, it's a lovely place. I mean, to see the community, uh, the Margate community embrace what we're trying to do again, with, where we, we came in with something that was really different and, and, and aspired to better. And it's, it's a, and, and we, you know, we employed some local, really great local staff who are thoroughly invested in what they're doing, um, believe in everything that we're pouring. And it's just an absolute pleasure to see uh, over this winter, especially that place, you know, held its head up and, and, and survived. And Margate is no longer, um, you know, we can testify no longer just a summer, you know, DFL down from London visiting, mm. hang out. It's, <laughs> there, there's, there's, it's a really, there's, yeah, some, there's some great stuff going on. It in, really in, is, in really, Margate. really is. Um, and if you want to order stuff online, where do we go? Uh, uh, www.bottle.shop. 
Or just bottle.shop actually gets you bottle. there now. Bottle.shop gets yeah. you there. Uh, brilliant. And there's, there's how many beers can I choose from? Uh, 300, I think, or thereabouts. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, we, do, you, we, do you still have to travel the world just finding stuff just because you have to? Every year I say I'm not going to do any more travelling and that's it. Yeah, and then right. inevitably the odd yeah. trip just pops in. Mm-hmm. So so no, there's still, it's, it's more going to visit the breweries. We, we have a, a very strong working relationship with everyone we, 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 we partner with. And uh, it's very important that they want to work with us and we want to work with them. Mm-hmm. So it's generally going to, for example, the Craft Brewers Conference in Nashville um, in April to go and just say hello to all the guys that, that we that we work with. Um, Tax deductible business travel. I think, I think it is. It. Yeah, I think mm. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very good, very good. Um, well, obviously, if you're into beer... Well, even if you're not into beer, you should go and have, have a try because Absolutely. literally those taste profiles will always suit somebody. And, and um, I presume there's some there's some help and, and, and stuff on the site to, to help you choose, yeah. navigate your way around. Absolutely. We have a, a, a we say, they say. So we kind of do a nice little mm. thing from the brewery to give you what they think the beer's like and then our guys chip in and, and give you a little bit of advice. But uh, it's, it's important. And without that, it's just it's just unknown and mm. uh you know we <clears> want to guide people as much as possible we can do it obviously very easily in um in our own bars but uh yeah the websites it's, it's, it's getting there it's only been on uh, for, for a few months and we're still bedding into to making it perfect but uh yeah the the you know from, from the refrigerator we're looking to do refrigerated delivery to door which is which is really exciting wow, so yeah, yeah. that'll be from the brewery to, to your front door that beer will never be above six degrees which feels like a, a good step forward that's coming coming very very soon and that's the Excellent. cold chain concept the cold, cha- the yeah, cold yeah. chain concept cold chain. Right. well right. we're going to have a little break because we might have a, a little bit more of a beer drinking another glass or two uh, yeah and then we're going to talk um, to both Kath and Claire on very different topics yes we'll so be back in a minute <laughs> No surprise, darling. Something to celebrate. We've just got a very tasty government cash reward for innovation. All that blood, sweat and late nights finally paid off then. How come? Thanks to our buddies at Breakthrough Funding. Yeah! Sorry, just slipped out. It all sailed through painlessly in no time at all. Over 40k, thank you very much, and the planet will benefit too. And new shoes for me? (laughs) Cheers. Your company could qualify for Innovation Cash too. Find out online now by answering just six qualifying questions at BreakthroughFunding.com. Yeah! Oh, I just finished drinking that. Um, what's it called? Melvin beer. The uh, Citradamus. I like that a lot. It's bloody good. Yeah, it's really good. Don't swear on the radio. Sorry. 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 Um, so we're back, and um, I'm with Kath Austin of BB Raps and Claire Forster of Osterhost, and we've been talking to Andrew Morgan. But we're going to move on from beer. So, Kath, um, I, I get lovely people who, who give me a bit of research before I do these shows. So I was, I was reading this research this morning and just went online and got and bought some of this. I because, saw. Because Thank it's you. amazing. <laughs> um, and, and the reason why it's amazing is, you know, um, Guy and I see a lot of different food and drink products. We, you know, we travel around the country. We, we have incredible guests on the show. Um, it's, it's quite unusual to have something truly different, isn't it, Guy? Mm, yeah. Truly different. Yeah, and this is this is not a food product, but it is very much connected mm. to food in that it is something that you can use to yeah. you know help store your food and prolong the life of your food. And uh, Kath's going to tell us all about it. Yeah, so I've got bread. I buy. Bre- I mean, I've really struggled to get decent bread because you should make it yourself. Oh yeah, like I've got time to do that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know, and you get a beautiful. Oh, we're really lucky to have artisan baker where I, where I live. So I get some bread and then I put it in my bread thing, mm. and then it's two days and it's gone two days, you've, yeah. you've got a solution for that haven't you <clears throat> i have yeah um so bb wraps are um beeswax and organic cotton food wraps that you use uh, the warmth of your hands to shape around food so with your loaf of bread that once you've cut it, it will stale up relatively quickly it'll still be fresh inside but 
the outside is so hard sometimes it's really hard yeah. to cut wrapped in a bb wrap it stays really fresh for five so, so days. i've got a bb wrap in front of me and and if it's effectively it's it's quite thick um and and it literally looks like a piece of grease proof paper but quite mm. thick grease proof paper you've got some lovely patterns on there so, so that they're beautifully decorated um and, and and it's very very thick and uh it just looks like a thick piece of greaseproof paper but it's much more ingenious <laughs> it's more than, than that. that i think yeah, yeah so the, the so more i've got you... this in front of me and okay. it's, it's what i say about <clears throat> 30 centimeter square yeah 33 yeah. <laughs> oh that was a good guess yeah and and, and so, so so what do Smarrow. i do with it okay Let's... so you uh, imagine that you put some food in the center yeah and then uh, wrap it around with your hands and use the heat of your hands to mold it into shape a little bit i guess you know like a little bit like plasticine people said it's mm. it's like um uh, you know the cheese that have got the should I say names baby bell yeah, um, yeah, yeah. around it feels a bit like that yeah it does um, and it feels really uh, lovely and on your your hands and it feels really tangible and yeah mouldable slightly gritty like slightly like very very soft sandpaper in a yeah, way yeah so that's the the weave of the the cotton yeah. so so I use my hands to to mould it around which is great because 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 it means it really fits around the food. Mm. And it's slightly sticky, I guess. Yeah, so it? when um, we put tree resin and jojoba oil along with beeswax into the formula, which we infuse in the cotton, and the tree resin really helps it to stay sticky, uh, grippy, we say, because it isn't necessarily sticky, but the warmer it gets, the more kind of pliable and, and, and grippy it is. Mm. So it's got beeswax, tree resin and hoba and 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 these are these are naturally antibacterial and and then the natural preservatives and and in essence this sort of organic cotton is infused with that and 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 it creates a steel but it's still breathable which is the key thing the problem with cling film is a it's plastic which Mm. we're all we're all getting the ump with plastic at the moment um but but it's not breathable and it makes stuff sweat it does so you'll notice when you've put it in cling film or, or a plastic bag that eventually you'll have little droplets of water yeah, develop and um and and the the bb wraps don't allow for that they, they allow, allow the gas to to evaporate and uh so the food stays much much fresher for longer it's funny so, cause, well i was going to say with the breathable thing i mean it made me think well if the air can kind of breathe and come in and out then the air is still going to get in and make it stale but it but it really doesn't i mean I've I've been using one of these now for like the last couple of weeks, and we all right, we, all right. just because you're no, ahead no, no, of the just, curve. No, I was, the game. I was, you know, <laughs> I was doing my research soon. Yeah, yeah, before me, obviously. <laughs> and and so we make, we bake fresh bread at home every week, and it does it goes goes stale within a couple of days usually. But we've we've now tested this out a couple of times because I thought it was a fluke the first time around, mm. and and it really did the bread stay fresh for like a good five days. It was just like soft, like day day fresh bread. Mm. So, so you can use it for bread. Can you use it for cheese? Yes, it's I mean, this has got to be perfect for cheese because mm. because tin foil is rubbish for cheese it's cling terrible. film is definitely rubbish for cheese yeah. and you know cheese can be incredibly expensive if you get very good mm. cheese but it's difficult to keep in in, in prime condition yeah and that's not because of the cold it's, it's, it's about keeping the moisture in that's right yeah so you need that it, it will have a life of its own it kind of perspires and you need that moisture to escape um, and BB wraps allow that kind of gaseous exchange to occur, mm. but it's much, much slower, so hence why it stays yeah, fresher. Yeah, yeah. And cheese is, you know, in France, they keep it in a cool larder, don't they? They don't keep it mm. in the fridge in plastic. Or a yeah. cave. You're supposed to have a cave, aren't yeah, you? Sorry. I'm sure, yeah. I'm I don't sure have Patricia would approve. Patricia Michelson, who... Of La Fromagerie. Yeah. yeah, I bet she would. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> should actually so. have a chat with old Patricia. She'd love this. Oh, I should. Mm. Yeah, she'd love And it's this. got a lovely smell to it as well, mm. because it's got that mm. beeswax coating. It, I mean, it, it's got that... 
I don't know how to describe it, but it's got mm. that just lovely kind of aroma when you're unwrapping yeah. your cheese it's or your bread or whatever. It's the smell of a hive when mm. you open yeah. a hive up. And that doesn't happen if we use commercial wax, actually. And so we've forged lots of relationships with um, lots of beekeepers in the area. Oh, um, most of them kind of hobby beekeepers who have one or two hives. That's why we've got lots and lots of beekeeping friends. Um, <laughs> and they sell us their beeswax. And because it's from one source... It smells amazing as opposed yeah. to the commercial beeswax, which yeah, is lots yeah. of different places all thrown in together. So, so I can I can wrap up my cheese. I can wrap up literally any food, but not raw meat. I wouldn't I wouldn't do raw meat. No, no. just just just. You could use you could use it for raw meat, but make sure the raw meat's in a bowl and then it goes over the top. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Get it, rather than wrapping it. Don't in, let yeah. it touch. And, and how long um, can you use them for? I, I was going to say they, so I can they're use reusable. It. Right? Yeah, they're reusable. They last up to a year. So oh, you just wow. wash it in cold water and mild detergent. So anything with a low alcohol content like Ecova. Um, and then when, uh, you know, a few months later, when it starts to look a little bit like it needs a, a recharge, you literally do recharge it in the oven. So you pop it on greaseproof paper to protect your oven. Mm. And then uh, in a cool oven, about 130 for a minute or two. Until oh, you see it glisten. Yeah, yeah, it's really fast. And, so, and what is that doing in the oven? Is it like, is it melting the wax? It's, is it? Yeah, it's bringing the whole thing up to a temperature that's going to pasteurize. Ah, uh, right. The, so it, it makes wrap. sure that there's no like lingering bacteria or yeah. anything. If you did have some. If only there was a cross contamination, you thought there might have been a risk of that, mm. then pasteurize it in the oven. And also, it remelts the wax. So occasionally you might find that it has a small crack in it. Um, beeswax is quite uh, brittle at cold temperatures and we've added these extra ingredients to make it more pliable. It's a handmade product, so some of them might end up with a little crack, but you can fix that really easily in the oven. So, I, mean, it's a sta- I mean, do you know what to say? <laughs> no, seriously. I love the smell. It's, it but is, but it if you think about it, it's, it I mean, it's genuinely an amazing answer, isn't it, Claire, to... to, to I was watch- making sure you don't have too much food waste. I was watching her with her sandwich, all wrapped up and sealed. It was mm. just in- incredible. It she just can do sealed. that with sandwiches as well. Yeah, she's got oh, to- yeah, yeah, my sandwich is in my bag, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you just use the heat of your hands and it. it's just like plasticine. And another thing that's amazing for, which I, I found out um, months after starting to make these, is that if you keep salad in them or fresh herbs... Then, well, you know, when you buy them and they're mm. in the plastic and you yeah. put them in the fridge and the next thing you know, two days later, they're all sludgy and a little bit stinky. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. And you've wasted it. And mm. that salad's quite expensive for what it is. Mm. Um, put it in a BB wrap and honestly, 15 days later, I opened <gasps> it up. No, and seriously. It was, it was dry and it was green. It, so might need, it needed a drink, but it was fine. I'm so glad I've ordered off you. I'm going to use that for everything. Brilliant, so, so yeah. I mean, this is truly an astounding product. I wish you'd entered the Food Talk Awards, which you didn't, by the way. But um, how did you decide to do this? I mean, it sounds really off the wall. It is a bit. I, I mean, obviously, you know, Andrew's gone from being a film director to beer. I could sort of slightly get that. But 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 how did you just decide to oh, do this? It, I've, it's got a habit of, um, I've got a habit of trying out lots of new things and experimenting. And um, when I had my first child, we had, you know, an extra human in the house, all this extra food coming in in various kind of incarnations of baby food and whatever. And it, I just thought, oh, there's so much plastic. Mm. Yeah. So much plastic. And at the same time, I'd started making sourdough. My friend told me this is a really good time to make sourdough when you've got a newborn. <laughs> yeah, like you haven't got enough to do. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was just a way to kind of get a bit of space away from your know, baby land. Bit and, of therapy, therapy. Um, and it's, it, you, you know, you can't, sourdough doesn't come with its own packaging and you have mm. to think of something to do. And it kind of, the two 
um, things co converged. And I, I asked the question, well, what did we do before all this plastic was about? Mm. And this is an old technology which I kind of discovered, unearthed and re reinvented, if you like, and um, trying to bring back. So this is what people used to do? Mm. Ah. And if you look at some bread manufacturers, they still do use wax paper, but it's a petroleum-based wax. It's not yeah, compostable. Yeah. Whereas these, they're compostable. Mm. So when they've finished their year-long life, I mean, you, you may use them for far longer, but when you think, okay, it's, they're not keeping the food as fresh now because the wax is kind of worn away, as it would do, you just pop them on the compost heap. And so the whole thing from, from end to end is, you know, it's really well thought through. It's, you yeah. know, it's an alternative to plastic, which mm. is a big topic at the moment. I mean, all the plastic stats are crazy. It keeps the food fresh for longer, so you're reducing your food waste. And then it is, you know, compostable at the end. So it's kind of got that zero, whole zero waste. Zero thing. waste, circular but economy. I, I think I remember reading that you, you also take the scraps from making these and you're turning them into candles or something? Uh, yeah, so when we uh, cut the fabric, we have lots of offcuts. Hmm. And you can turn those into um, BB burners, we call them. <laughs> uh, they're not available yet, but we are going to start putting them on the website to buy. Um, they make amazing candles if you twist them. So you can use them hmm. for your kids' birthday candles. Also, make great fire lighters. Ah, yeah. uh, because essentially this is cotton and wax and it's, mm. a, it's a candle um, and they burn really slowly as well. So, um, yeah, you can use them uh, out if you're camping or something and you have a campfire, just just pop the, the, the BB burners on there and you're good to go. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, uh, these are remarkable, I, I, I would say. And beautiful as well. I mean, the yeah. designs on them, obviously, yeah. it's not a great medium for communicating no. that with the radio, but they do look <laughs> stunning. And there's, uh, there's a real push at the moment and I think... Um, I always think there's a tipping point. So, you know, mm. we're all having plastic and then all of a sudden, you know, we've had Sean Sutherland on from a plastic planet mm, yeah. who's one of our judges on the Food Awards. And and, and and all of a sudden everybody's going, actually, I really don't want plastic anymore. I, I, I really don't want plastic, mm. but, but now I don't have an alternative. Everybody's rushing, yeah. everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the supermarkets, the retailers, the manufacturers are now all rushing going, yeah. oh, I have to find an alternative, yeah. which is a great thing. But there's a void at the moment, I think, but between that's what the consumers want, but your choice isn't there. Yeah. Um, so, so we were talking to Andrew about timing. You, you've hit the timing pretty good, yeah, haven't you, really? Yeah, lots of people have said that. And yeah. I, David Attenborough is now my new god. <coughs> well, he was before anyway, really. <laughs> <laughs> but he, bringing Blue Planet at the time when I was just about, I was starting out last April. Um, so Blue Planet was October time. It really brought everyone's attention mm. to this huge problem that we're mm. sleepwalking into, and that's plastic in the oceans. And this does address that. But there's also plastic in landfill. Yeah, of course. So it's, it's silent, and we don't think yeah. about it. But every yeah. toothbrush you've ever had is probably still there. Yeah, along with every nappy. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you want to um, go onto the website, you need, I mean, I, I just, as soon as I went onto the website, it's just, it's just so convincing. and we, You hardly have to sell it. I mean, that, and no, that's, that's the point of a great product is yeah. that you hardly have to sell it. So it's BB, which is B-E-E-B-E-E, bbwraps.com. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and well, I've ordered some. And, and essentially the huge one to wrap a massive loaf yeah. of bread is, is, is like 14 quid, isn't it? So, uh, But that's going to last you for a whole year. That is going to last a whole year. And with the bread wrap, if you're just using bread, you, you really, I don't I don't wash it even. I just no, I brush off the crumbs yeah. and start again because it's not wet. So, yeah, that, that might even last longer. Yeah. Um, so I, I would advise you. And there's lovely patterns. Um, and they change regularly as yeah, well. Yeah, of are course. They, are they all hand-painted? So the, or are they printed on the cotton? The, the fabric is pre-printed with a low-impact dye. There's no toxins that usually they use to uh, keep the, the 
the dye and the fabric, the fixes, um, we um, make sure that it's all low impact, non-toxic. And then when the fabric arrives with us, we hand paint all of the wax on at the moment. That's not wow. necessarily um, might sustainable. Might not be sustainable when you have to scale up. Yeah, right? so we are looking at, ways, thought, okay. we're looking at ways to change that. Yeah. Claire, comments on that for you? Oh, I mean, it's an incredible product. So impressed. We're always looking at packaging and we have to keep our stuff sealed. So unfortunately, we do have to use film. I'd love to use something like this. Mm. I think it's, it's great, fantastic. isn't it? You could try yeah. it at home. I'm really impressed. Yeah, we might let you take one home if, <laughs> if you're good. Bearing in mind you bought us all you a present. Us presents, I think so. You get some. Yeah. So thank you for that, Kath. Um, moving on to Claire. Claire, um, we've had Oster host on the on the show, but, uh, but quite a while ago, um, and I forgot it was you actually, uh, because when well, well, because when we had the food talk course, we have so many. There's so many th- amazing applicants. Hundreds and hundreds. We have to try uh, and then uh, we we got this, and I, I still forgot it was you, um, and then. And we made, because your product is a pastry uh, a blend, so, so essentially it's almost like, like flour that comes to you. So I made, I quickly made a, a pizza out of it, a tomato, you know, sort of tart actually. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I couldn't, I've forgotten, I couldn't believe how amazing it was to manipulate um, and that's the problem. Uh, you know that my daughter's celiac, so, yeah. so we're, we're, and she really misses pastry above everything else. And um, I try and make, oh, it's awful. B- because it, it, it crumbles because you haven't got the gluten, you haven't got the elasticity there. Yeah. You've, managed, you've managed to do that. Mm-hmm. So I manipulated this really easy. You rolled it out the rolling pin as you would. Didn't, didn't crack, didn't break. That is really unusual, isn't it, for gluten-free? It's so exciting. I'm um, historically, um, I'm a confection <coughs> Um, I do, used to do wedding cakes and things like that and developed a pastry which you can use almost like regal ice. I mean, I, I'm now sculpting with it. You can make flowers. You can make wow. all sorts of things. You can use it like regal you ice. actually make a pie. And you can make a <laughs> pie. Properly yeah. with this. And you? you can make a tarte tatin. And you yeah. can, oh, oh, it's so good. just, it's so good. So what, what is it that enables that? Because secret. a lot of the, the story, I guess it's I've a secret. Them, I've asked oh, you've hundreds asked, of times. Uh, okay. It's a secret. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, we've been working with all the ingredients and sort of getting the, 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 the weights I mean, Correct. it must be about the combinations because yeah. we could all look at the ingredients yeah. on the back of the pack and exactly. we'd know exactly what's in it. But exactly. uh, it's the secret combination and, and mixing process I it's, guess. it's now five years and we've been working on on our pastry more and more and more taking everybody's um, comments on board and working with that you know any mm. any any slight comment that somebody makes to me is just sort of you know I, I need that's to sort your market that. research I isn't it yeah uh-huh. um people are fantastic because they will tell you what they think about your products which mm. is great which is what you want yeah absolutely I mean, what you, you don't want. want to be de- developing things in a vacuum because yeah. then you just do it the yeah. way that you think not exactly. not what the customer so this is a pastry want. blend and, and it's gluten and wheat free you've bought everybody a present are we allowed to open them now oh, i'd love you to open them. okay <laughs> thank you i've got to find mine it's in front of me it's beautiful no, beautiful no, yours is here. oh thank you beautiful beautiful box um and you've even got guy one oh that's uh, for uh, harry Oh, Harry! Harry, even Harry gets so Harry's down the end with his headphones on and twiddling knobs, which is what he does for a living. You never, nobody ever brings you anything, Harry. Even Ollie's got one, and he didn't even show up. <gasps> so I've just opened mine. Mine is a beautiful tart. Uh, what, do you, what would you call that? A tart. It's a message in a million. Yes. It's a tart. It's with toffee and things, but it's a message in a million. It's telling you you're one in a million. Which I am. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. She doesn't need to um, be told that. 
<laughs> so I've got lovely, it almost looks like a jam tart. You've got a lovely pastry around the edge. But instead of it being filled with jam, it's filled with chocolate. With toffee, you've got toffee. And, Silky um, toffee. My name has been piped. How? So is mine. <laughs> has it? It's brilliant. How nice. Have you got one, Andrew? I have, yes. But you yes. never thought that when you came on the show, did you? I really you? didn't, no. no. You did well to do your That's research so to find out who all the guests were going to be as well. And That's have you impressive. got one there? Uh, that's so lovely. That is really Thank kind you. of you. Thank you very much. It's now, amazing. the other thing with um, with your pastry mix is not only is it easier to manipulate, which which is traditionally really hard, it tastes like pastry. And it's, you know, when you taste it, it's got that cr- lovely crumbly... We've worked so hard because a lot of um, gluten-free um, products are quite gritty. There's a yeah. sort of very much a gritty taste. Um, which isn't good enough. Like Can I just say, Cass eating her. She hasn't even asked. She's just like, <laughs> it's like I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> I started wrapping like, mine up again. I think I'll have that for dinner. Can you see <laughs> the size of the bite she's taken out of that as well? She's almost eaten half of it. Do carry on, Cass. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Like, mm. it's, um, it, I don't want to eat sort of sandwich. Sandwich. It's sort of something with sand in it, yeah. um, which a lot of gluten-free pastry can mm. have with the polenta can... What do you think, Kath? It's, it's it's incredible. It's really good. It's really good. It's, cr- it's, it's got that beautifully butter crumbly mm, taste. I noticed the first mm. ingredient was butter. <clears throat> I was very pleased about that. Mm. <laughs> it's no palm oil. Um, we don't you We try not to use palm oil in our ingredients. Um, and I I just feel that um, if you use good quality ingredients, you get a complete taste. You might not have to eat the whole tart straight away. Um, it mm. it. It's just a complete round, buttery mm. guy. Mm. Stop eating and say something. <laughs> he's, he's, he's taken a massive chunk out of this as well. I've got a big mouth, what can I say? <laughs> it's, oh, it's really good. And it's got that really nice kind of short crust pastry crunch to it. Whereas so much gluten-free stuff that I've tried in the past has just been oh, so disappointing and Coat soft. Titty. and Yeah, and it's got that cloyy yeah, kind of feel. But to this be fair, great. Guy, it's an incredible challenge. Oh, absolutely it is, Because yeah. gluten is the, the elastic agree. that holds yeah. it together. It is mm. the thing, you, you know, that, 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 that mm. make, makes it what it is. And I think what's really amazing with Claire and Sally is that they've just managed to recreate all of those things. Mm. So, so there's no, there's so so, it doesn't feel like there's a compromise. No, well, there is, there is nothing but the best. You've got to keep working until you achieve what you mm. want so we're always striving to to better what what we can do and um, so in terms of the the product offering do you mostly sell the the mix or do you sell finished products like you've uh, given us here so we've got a line called message in a million which mm. um is is basically when you can order Cass, stop stuffing um, your face <laughs> <laughs> a millionaire for your loved one and or or whoever or for um, yourself because you want to eat more Absolutely. Mm. Um, and um, we also do um, frangipans, bakewells, um, different products. We do the Congo, which is when Sally met you last time. We were yes. talking about the Congo. Um, but we've also started to um, to make um, empty pastry cases for hotels. Oh. And um, some of our hotels wow. are using our pastry cases instead of non-gluten, um, you know, the, glu- the ones with gluten in them. Mm. Because A, it cuts down on staff because they don't have yeah. to have somebody guarding the gluten-free section. B, they're getting less returns. People are actually eating the pastry rather than sending back um, pastry cases <coughs> with, with the insides mm. 
spooned out. And you've just got one product that you're selling, so you don't and have to ask whether exactly. somebody's gluten-free because it's all yeah. sorted. And it's so brilliant, it's suitable yeah. for everyone. And, and nobody's noticing. And nobody's noticing. See, now that mm. is the real test, isn't and it? It is, yeah. It's so exciting. the real test. I love what we do. Yes. So how can we how can we order your stuff? So I particularly like the, the, the pastry blend. It's it's stunning, really. We, we sell it online through our shop. Um, we sell a lot through Not on the High Street and Yumbles. Um, and um, we have sort of delis, places that sell it. We sent um, nearly two tonnes of it up to the Alps for the ski season this year. Wow. They've been using it in the chalets because, um, again, cool. they can cook for the mm. whole chalet rather than just for the one person who's gluten-free. So um, trying to get those uh, ski people out onto the slopes as quickly so, as possible. So you're on a real mission, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Hmm. I am. Because if you can get it right, then, you know, if I did this at home, you, mm. you know, and I had loads of people for dinner and a couple of people were gluten-free, then you, you wouldn't notice. Well, that's what you want, you know, as a host. If, you know, if you're not gluten-free, um, it just makes it so much easier that way. Not only that, the pastry, I'm the kind of cook I am is a very disorganised cook. <laughs> and so I have, my mission is, as soon as I get into the kitchen, I need to cook and I need to pr- produce the end product. Mm. There's no resting. It's mm. just literally into the mixer. Well, that's what I couldn't believe. So there's no proving, there's no resting, go. anything. No. You just, no. just make it, yeah. roll it out, yeah. and you're Job done. done. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. So that, to me, is where you can go. I, I can't, I, I'm not organised enough to sit there for 20 minutes waiting for it to chill. Oh, so. Amazing. Absolutely. No, I mean, I quite like making pastry, but it is a it is a faff, and I don't I don't do it very often because... <laughs> Take some of that home then, Guy. Have a go. Mm. Well, we really, really appreciate you bringing us a little present. Um, needless to say, Cass eaten hers already, so I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I'll have you know. <laughs> Cass had one of her best afternoons ever, where she's been drinking beer and eating, um, eating pastry. Yeah, okay. I'm not going home. Cakes, no. Um, so, uh, if you want to go and find these amazing products it's oasttohost.com and there's a shop on there uh, and and obviously you do all sorts of other things but but that's where you'll get all your pastry blends and and things like that so definitely go on there um you're in the finals of uh of of, i know food talk awards oh we love the food talk awards and if anybody wants to get a ticket you better hurry because i think they're nearly all gone but if you just go on to foodtalk.co.uk um you'll find it there and and it's a great event because we we taste everybody's products you're allowed to vote as the audience for the winner so we'll be tasting yours of course and in the marketplace and we have a great dinner and everybody networks and has a really good time so yeah, it's looking great forward fun. to it so yeah. it's the 15th of June 15th is the June. is the event itself 15th of June thank Fine. you very much to Andrew Morgan of the bottle shop um tasting some incredible mm. stuff as well and if anybody doesn't think they like beer they just don't know how what a wide range it can be and and, and you know you might be thinking you don't like beer because you don't like lager just try some of this stuff there's there's something for everybody literally yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, it's an incredibly complicated subject, which um, mm. pubs make really simple in their own little way, um, and they work very well. But my goodness, when you look beyond that little Wizard of Oz curtain, uh, there's, there's mm. a huge amount of of just taste opportunity. I mean, I think that's the that's the thing. It's not thing. it's not beer. I mean, how, how to define beer is nuts. It's exactly. kind of it's mm. impossible. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Like trying to find, define cheese, and it's just so wide. Mm. Um, and um, Kath, I really like your stuff. I'm I'm, I'm expecting my delivery to arrive fairly very soon. Again, the most incredible, innovative thing, um, and and really every every home should have one. Thank you. Yes, BB wraps B W E B W E wraps dot com, um, and uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to try those out when my delivery arrives. Right. What's your delivery terms? A couple of days. A couple of days. Excellent.
Excellent. Yep. I should be using that by the end of the week. It's probably gone already. Probably. <laughs> probably has gone already. Um, and if you'd like to find out anything about our uh, amazing guests, we had a three incredible guests, actually. Oh, we've today. had a run of really, really great ones innovative. Over the last few Yeah. Weeks. Then please go on to um, foodtalk.co.uk. We've got a little profile of all our guests here, and you can go straight onto their website. Um, if you know anybody who does anything amazing like these, doubt it because they're so incredible. Uh, but if you do, uh, uh, just get in touch with us via Twitter. We'd love to talk to more incredible people. And that's at Food Talk Show. Um, and we will see you next week. Very, uh, a very big thank you, of course, to Guy Routledge, my co presenter. Thank you, Guy. Thank you very much. Thanks for all the and you can, and food. Yeah, you can <laughs> download all our podcasts from iTunes or Podbean, or if you've got one of those podcast apps on your phone, just download, download it on there. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>